This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So um, it's good to be back, even though it's not good to leave Eretz Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, I was there in Meron for Shabbos. Um, totally amazing to be there for Shabbos. Much of Shabbos, of course, was like Baomer. The next time that Lag Baomer comes out on a Matzah Shabbos is in seven years. The longest time between Lag Baomers. So for the next seven years, Lag Baomer is coming out during the week. And Mitzah Hashem, in seven years, Lag Baomer will once again come out on Matzah Shabbos. So, there's a lot of things to talk about, that, you know, in Meron, there's a lot of things to talk about if you Shimon by Yechoi. It says that, unlike Baomer, a person, specifically in Meron, by Rishim by Yechoi, is supposed to take on something new, um, a Kabbalah, a new Kabbalah for themselves. And we're going to talk about this tonight. We're going to talk about the difference between commitment and being committed. I don't mean commi- being committed into a psych word. I mean committed into being committed into doing something. Um, a lot of people make commitments, right? A lot of goyim on the New Year's Eve, they take a New Year's Eve, right? They, resolution, I guess they call it, whatever. And they take commitments. But two days later, you know, many, many times I've taken commitments. I've taken a commitment to lose weight and go on a diet, but I never committed to it. Because within two days, it was over. So there's a difference between commitment and being committed. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Because it has a lot to do with Ruth. It has a lot to do with Malchus. And what did everyone take on? What's a good idea? Um, what should a person take on for, um, for like Baomer? So wh- why should someone take on something like Baomer? So there are 49 days between when we get engaged and we get married. That's 49 days. What does that mean between we got engaged and we get married? So we know that Pesach night, um, so we talked about this, there was a, there was a chipazon, there was a moment where God fell in love with Klai Yisrael, and he said, I'll take you out of Mitzrayim to be my wife, to be my kawa. We talked about it a lot. But we didn't earn it. We were on the 49th level of Tumah. We were that peasant girl in the dirt, in the mud, in my story, where the king fell in love with her and cleaned her up and taught her how, how, what it means to be royalty. That was Pesach night. But we immediately lost that. That was a moment. And for the next 49 days between Pesach and Shavuos, we have to earn it. We have to... It's sort of... The king got engaged to the peasant girl, but now the peasant girl has to learn how to become royalty. She can't sit in the palace and eat, and eat with her hands. So um, we start off this trip, this trip to royalty that we need to reach on the Erev Shavuos, which is the 49th day, which is called Malchus Malchus. We need to reach Machus Machus because the king has to marry a queen. So, being that on Shavuos, we actually marry, we get married to Hashem. We know that the Kedushin, the ring that God gave us, was a sapphire. Two um, luchos that were made out of sapphire. That was the ring. The chuppah, God took the mountain and covered it over our heads. So, it was a real marriage. And, and, and the, in Kabbalah, they write, a ksuva. Hashem wrote us a ksuva. Um, and he wrote us a Tanam. So it's like a real marriage. So if you're marrying God, so to say, if Klai Yisrael, the nation of Yisrael, is marrying HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Shruis, you have to be royalty. So it's very nice that the king fell in love with a peasant, but you can't go into the chuppah as a peasant. You have to go as royalty. So how does one go from the first day, which is Chesed Shebechesed, kindness on kindness, Right, which is the foundation of royalty for a king and queen who are not kind, they're not they're not gonna be able to run their nation correctly. So the the the, the first day is Chesed Shibakhesed. But how do you go from Chesed Shibakhesed 
to Machus Machus, which is the total highest level in royalty. What do we need to do in these, well, there's no more 49 days left, right? Um, it's not even two weeks anymore. We can't say what the night of fear is tonight, but it's not even two weeks anymore. So we don't got much time to become a princess. So we have to figure out how to do that. And how do you figure out how to do that? You look at Emma Malchus, who was the mother of the, of the Malchus of Klai Yisrael, was Rus. And who was the father of, of, the, of, the, of Malchus of Klai Yisrael, which is David Amalek, right? Who were the great-grandparents? Was Boaz. So we can figure out the Midos of Rus and the Midos of Boaz, then we can figure out how we ourselves can come to the level in Hashem of Shuas of Malchus Sheba Malchus. So I want to start off with a very fascinating Rashi in Pashas Vayera. And in Pashas Vayera, Rashi says that when Lot was running away, Lot was running away from Sodom, it was being turned over, the world, the, the Sodom and Amorah was burning, right? So it says, When God was destroying the plains, the cities of the plains. By Yisrael, Kimoth Avram, and Hashem remembered Avram, by Yishalachus Lot, Mitochafecha, and he saved Lot. He sent them out from amidst the fire and brimstone and everything. And he, and he sent them out, and he went up into the cave, and he was saved. So the question is, who did Hashem remember? Avram? Avram wasn't in trouble. He wasn't in Sodom. Hashem remembered Lot, and he saved Lot. Just like it says by Mitzrayim, that Hashem heard the cries of the Jews and he remembered the pain of the Jews and that's when he took them out. So it shouldn't say he remembered Avram. It should say he remembered Lot. Why does it say that he remembered Avram and therefore he took out Lot? So Rashi, Rashi says something amazing. Rashi says, that Hashem remembered Avram. What, what did Hashem remember about Avram? What does that have to do with Lot? A Lot. You remember in the case of the story of Lot by Avram when Lot was his nephew. So Lot knew that Sarah was the wife of Avram. When the Mitzrim brought, when he brought Sarah to Mitzrayim, Avram said, listen, I'm going to say that you're my sister because if I'm your husband, they'll kill me and give you to the king. So you have to save my life. So we all have to say that it's my sister. Right? The Loigila Hadava and Lot did not reveal the truth that they were married. Shahayachasla, because he had pity on Avram Avinu. Lafina, Lafikov, Chasakosh Borchu, all of Hashem had pity on him. So what the, what the Pasuk is saying is that Vayisko, Lokimis Avram, Hashem remembered what Lot did for Avram. Lot had a chance when the Mitzrim, the Egyptians, asked. Abraham, who's this woman? And he said it's my sister when it was really his wife. And he knew that if he said it's his wife, they're going to kill him and take his wife. Lord had a chance to become the richest man in the world. Because had he told the, the guards, no, 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 no. This guy, he's lying. This is, not, this is not his sister. This is his wife. They would have killed Avram. Power would have taken Sarah. And Lord would have gotten all his money. So Lord had a chance. We know Lord loved money. Lot went to, what, the reason that Lot went to Sodom was because Sodom was the richest city in the world. They had the best farming and the best animals. So here was Lot's chance to get all of Avram's money. And he, he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. He was quiet. He let Avram say that it was his sister, not his wife. Why? Why didn't he go for the money? He could have had Avram killed and gotten everything. And the answer is that Lot had a karsa tov that Avram took him out of Haran and Avram made him a very rich man. So he had a curse that told to Avram. He was like, in his, who did he learn that from? He learned it from Avram. And therefore, he didn't ride on Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu would have been killed. He would have gotten everything. Now, what happened with Lot? Lot goes up into the mountain with his two daughters. Right? A day or two later, they look out from the mountain. And all they see in the whole, with the mountain was overlooking plains. They were all smoking, fire, salt, sulfur. Forget it. The world was destroyed. The world was destroyed. So his oldest daughter said to the youngest daughter, there's no more human beings in the world, just me, you, and dad. Where else did this happen before? By Adam. 
right? Adam had children. He had Cain and Hevel. Cain and Hevel, where did they, where did, how, did they, how, did they have, how, how did they have children? They were married to their sisters. They had twin sisters, it brings down. Because they could be married to their mother. So, she became pregnant in the cave. She had a child. And she called that child Moab. The word Moab means may of, from my father. Which is a very weird thing to do. Because now when this kid went to school, they all knew that he was a child of incest. His name was Moab. I came from my grandfather. My grandfather is my father. Same person. Why would, a, why would a woman name her child from incest? And the answer is because she didn't want to start a new religion. She didn't want people to say that it was an immaculate conception, that she went into a cave and came out pregnant. must be God made her pregnant. So she specifically said, don't make the mistake. There's no immaculate conception here. May Avi, this happened from my father. And from that child, Moab, came Rus. And from Rus came David HaMelech. And from King David came the Messiah, came Mashiach. So the whole basis that Moab even came into the world was only because Lot was saved. If Lot wouldn't have been saved, there'd be no Moab, there'd be no Rus, there'd be no David HaMelech, there'd be no Mashiach. So the whole basis of David HaMelech came from Akar Satov. Akar Satov that Lot had for Avram, therefore he didn't rat on him, and Akar Satov that Hashem had for Lot not riding on him, and therefore Avram Avinu was not killed and he was saved. So the whole foundation and basis of Rus was from Hakar Satov. Okay, so that's one half of King David, of David HaMelech. But what about his father? Did his father give him the same Midah? Did Boaz give the same Midah to Rus, that, to um, David HaMelech, that Rus gave him? And the answer is yes. Where do we see this? We see this in Megillah's Rus. In Megillah's Rus, it talks about Boaz coming in from the field. And it says, and when he came to the field, we talk about this all the time. Boaz came. Boaz was the, Boaz was the Rosh Hashiva, the Gadol Adol, the Rav Chaim Kainesky, the Avadir Yosef. He was the, he was the head of the whole door. He was the holiest man of the door. And he comes to his field. He, he had a lot of business. He was very wealthy. So he comes to his field. And he says to his workers, the harvesters, the farmers, the peasants, Hashem Imachem, God should be with you. But Yerubah, his workers turned around to him and said, Yivarech Hashem, Hashem should bless you. So here's, here's the boss coming to work. And the first thing he says to his workers is, God should be with you. Not, let me see what you guys do today. Let me see your punch cards. Were you here on time? Were you here on time? Well, let me see what you produced. How much stuff did you collect? What's in the silo? Right? When a person comes to work, that's the first thing you say. You ask, your, especially if you're there before them. You're waiting for them, like, why are you late? And, 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 and all the work I gave you yesterday, why isn't it on my desk? And yeah, you're, 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 a, you're a boss or a teacher in a class. You walk into the, into the classroom, right? What's the first thing I used to, for 30 years, I'm like, put your books away, put your snack away, tuck in your shirt, where's your homework, get out your project, I want to see your report. But that wasn't Boaz. Boaz would have walked into the classroom and said, boys, I have one thing to say. God should be with you. And when you have a Rebbe that talks like that, the kids answer, and God should bless you. Don't you think that would be a much better class than, you think kids would go off to Derech if every day they heard their Rebbe from the, when they were little kids, that God should be with you, and the kid turns around and says, God should bless you? You think those kids are going to go off to Derech? For sure not. Well, we do. We come into class. Where's your homework? Where's your test? Did you get that sign? Where's your note? Where's your this? Where's your that? Not Boaz. Boaz came to the field. He didn't ask them one, one thing about work. He said, God should be with you. And I spoke about this by Chazak, and I spoke about this in Israel when I was there just now. And it doesn't just go for people who come to work. It should be the same thing in a person's house. A man comes into the house. It's not like, where's my dinner? Where's my supper? Where's my cleaning? Where's my laundry? What's going on? Where are my socks? 
The first thing he should be when he walks in, he sees his wife, God should be with you. And if you made it through the day with the kids, God was, was definitely was with you. And she says, and you should be gebenched. God should bless you. All the panasa and all the work you did today. And all the learning you did this morning when you were learning with your chavusas. Hashem should bless you. You think they're going to have marital problems when there's a relationship where he, every time he sees his wife, he says, God should be with you. And she says back, God should bless you. You think these two are going to have problems? I don't think so. So Boaz didn't focus. He was the, he was the boss. He didn't focus on what they didn't do. He focused on, listen, it doesn't matter what you did or you didn't do. First things first, Shem should be with you. So he also had a very big Hakar Satov. So from a father like that, and a mother that comes from the total Rashi that tells us, Hakar Satov, that Lord had it. He didn't write on Abraham Avinu. So you ended up getting a Dabar HaMelech. Now, Dabar HaMelech, before he died, if you look in the Navi, he told Shlomo HaMelech, his son, exactly how to reward the people that did good for him. And one of them, I don't know it by heart, he said, he, because of what he did to me, I think he, 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 he when Shaul was looking for David, he hit him, I don't know exactly, but he did something for David. He said to Shlomo HaMelech, he should sit at your table for the rest of his life. <coughs> David HaMelech was very into our Satov. So, the first Mida that I wanted to talk about tonight, right, is the Mida of appreciation. A king and a queen have to appreciate their kingdom. They have to appreciate each other. And therefore, one of the things that we need to work when we go from Chesed Shebechesed to Malchus Shebemalchus is to learn to appreciate what God gives us, to learn to appreciate everything that a person needs to do. I spoke about, um, and I'll repeat it again for whoever's watching this year, whether you're a woman or a man, they say that you should take a colonoscopy when you're 50. Most of the girls in the room are not 50, but that's what they say you should do. And it's a, te- it's a disgusting test, and you don't want to drink that stuff, and you don't want to be up all night running to the bathroom, and everybody pushes it off. Well, there's a price to pay if you push it off. It's the one thing that can prevent colon cancer. Um, and which is preventable and therefore is very highly recommended that if you're 50 years old, you should listen to the doctors and you should take that test. Now, it happens to be that after I spoke about this a few weeks ago, after I went to take a colonoscopy, I got an email from somebody in Flatbush that he asked a rub, he asked a rabbi, and he said to the rabbi, it's a test. Now, do you have to take a test? You could get hurt. You, chas v'sham, doesn't happen very often, but a very low percentage. The colon can be, can be, um, perforated and you could, it could kill you. So there is a percent, you have to sign a paper. So we asked this rabbi, do you have to ever take a preventive test? In other words, that you're looking for something. You have to go looking for something. And this, this, I, I know this is a very big shiloh because there, there's some women and there, there's some men, there's some women that, that, that have, there's a certain gene, and if they find that gene, it means that you could get chastrashalom, one of the cancers, when you're very young. And I went to know of a girl that did have this gene, and the only way so she wanted to prevent that from happening by getting operated and making sure that it can't happen, whatever it is, and she went to a rub, and it's being machlikasin. In other words, God runs the world, so what's, how far do you have to go? So this guy wrote me a letter that a certain rub, Paskin, you don't have to go for a colonoscopy. The colonoscopy saved my life. Had I not gone for that colonoscopy, it would have been really bad. So I don't know what Rav said in that, whatever it is, but it saved my life. And I have a very big thanks to Akash Baruch Hu that I took it because I pushed it off for 10 years, and I could have pushed it off for 11 years. And thank God I didn't push it off for 11 years. So it's a very serious thing, and women don't think they need to take it. But the, the, stat, the stats on it is that it's just as, just as much women as it is men. So... Maybe, maybe it happened to me for a reason, that to help prevent other people, but it's something that you need to do. As disgusting and as hard as it to do, it's, it's, it's 10 hours overnight, you know, the, 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 the drinking the stuff and whatever it is, but it can save your life. It saves many, many, many lives. So just as advice, that person should definitely, but I can tell you one thing. When I went to Eretz Yisrael, 
I spoke to my Rebbe. I said, Rebbe Gamliel, thank God Hashem made, 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 made a miracle for me. What do I need to take on? What do I need to take on? You know, he said, you have to say Ashiyatza with Kavana. I said, I say Ashiyatza with Kavana. I do say Ashiyatza with Kavana. He says, not enough Kavana. When you say Chalulim, Chalulim, all the different parts of your body, there's so much going on in a person's body. That person, he said, you should, you should even read it from inside, whatever it is. And Ashi you have to say it very slowly. You have to stand every single word. And it protects not only, not only your colon, it protects your arteries to your heart. It, it, it says, you created us with All these different pipes and these different veins. If you have an aneurysm, you're dead. You're done. If one of them opens, and a person bleeds out, you're done. Right? Or you say, well, if one of them gets stuffed, you have a heart attack, you're not even going to get another second. That's the book that you're saying. You're not even going to get another second. That's a very important bracha. So I think that we all need to take on, one of the things we need to take on, it doesn't do with Malchus, but is to say Ashi Yatsa with Kavana, first read it in English and understand what it means. It's a miracle. You even understand the colon, how a colon works, how it moves everything out of your body. It's not normal. It's, it's, it's yards and yards of of, 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 of uh, intestines that you that, that when you eat something, the trip. If you want to understand the trip from when you put that apple in your mouth until it leaves your body, it is a not normal trip that that, amp, that apple has to take. It has to go down your down your esophagus and how it goes down your esophagus. And I don't want to give you a biology class, whatever it is. It has to go into your stomach. Your stomach has acids. And, 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 and pepsids, and, and your stomach has to, and then it takes it to the small intestine, and then it takes it to the large intestine, and how does it keep moving? You, you don't have a, you don't have a, a what's it called, a, uh, one of those moving things in your body? How does it keep moving? So it keeps moving because your kishkis, right, which you don't feel inside, your intestines are always moving. Do you understand what that means? You don't feel it. Your intestines are always moving. And as they're moving, they're pushing this thing down, 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 through the bowel. It's not normal. That trip that the apple takes and all the, the acids in your mouth, the saliva in your mouth starts to break the apple down the minute it gets into your mouth. So it has to start with, it starts with your saliva, then your teeth, then your stomach. You say, Ashiyatzar. You say, Ashiyatzar to Hashem, please don't, there should be no blockage. The blockage will kill you. And, and nothing should open up, nothing should rupture. It, it's a nayudika bracha. And sometimes you just need a waking, a waking up call, but it's much better to do it before you get a wake up call. So yes, you need to take colonoscopies, and you need to take it seriously, and you need to thank Hashem that you're healthy. You don't have to make yourself crazy, but those are the things that the doctors say at 50 years old, you need to start taking them, especially if, you, if it's, it's extremely, extremely um, hereditary palops. If your mother has them, you're going to have them. It's a very hereditary thing. And those things taken out are nothing. It's nothing. Those things left inside become cancerous. It's, why would you leave it inside? You can't, you can't play around with it. You can't play around with it. It's very, very serious. So I'm just, if I could save one person's life by them taking a colonoscopy, then it's worth it that I'm discussing. It's not a subject that Rabbi Wallstein normally discusses. But let me tell you, my shayotas have gone Totally a different direction. And I used to make Ashiyatz with Kavana. No, that wasn't Kavana. You, you got to. Huh? You say it in No, I say it very slowly. Because. Said to say it right, but I don't carry that. Right, so if it's, out, if it's outside a bathroom that I'm going, I'll, I'll read it. But if it's not outside a bathroom, I'm not carrying Ashiyatz with me, whatever. You could, though. It's an Indian to say it inside. It's an Indian to say it inside. It's a big bracha. It's a big bracha. But not after Chafashom, something's wrong. You gotta make the bracha before something. But anyway, why, why am I talking about this? Because the truth is, I'm gonna to get to this subject. Because the truth is, that's commitment. Commitment. You have to make a commitment. So if you make a commitment that you're gonna say ashiyotsa every time you go out of the bathroom, it's only gonna be for your good. It's only, it's only gonna, it's only gonna protect you. But hakar satoiv, so that basis of chesed, of coming out of chesed is light, was rus, was hakar satov, and boaz 
HaKadosh HaTov was that he said Hashem Imochem, and he said Baruch Hashem. There you go, very nice, right. But you have to have it in double, double. It has to be in two things, because it, because you're taking it to the bathroom. Right, so they write a whole thing on the side, of all the different kishkas and all the different parts, but there's nothing to talk about. No, in the brain also, if, if one of the brain, if one of the vessels breaks, then you have a stroke. If it, gets, if it, if it breaks, you have bleeding in the brain, and if it gets black, you have a stroke. And these veins are teeny. So it's every part of your body. It's like not normal. I don't know how a person can be an atheist when you look at the human body. To think that you could just evolution, something like that, it's, it's, it's a crazy machine. There's many more parts in your body than there is in a plane or a car. It's amazing, every little part. And you only realize it when something goes wrong. You only realize when something goes wrong. Okay. Anyway, so that's one part of Malchus, is appreciation for the good. Appreciation for what you have. What's the second part of Malchus? And that is the big word. And it's a hard word. It's a hard word. We, do it. we commit to so many things in our life. Right? We make commitments to so many things in our life, but we don't commit to many of them. So let's talk about commitment, because if a king and a queen are not committed to their kingdom, it's not going to work. Where do we see commitment by Rus? So, they're, they're both, this is the perfect example. I said this last night in my share. What's the, Rabbi Lawson, what do you mean, what's the difference between commitment and committed? What's the difference? It sounds like the verb, right, is committed. The noun is commitment. And that's the truth. That's what it is. But let's see from Rus exactly the difference between commitment and committed. So let's go back to when they leave, right, they, they, they're leaving the Sede Moav. They lost, Rus lost her husband, Arpa lost her husband, the army lost her husband, and now they're going back to Eretz Yisrael. She got up with her daughter-in-laws, and because they heard that the, the, the hunger in Eretz Yisrael was over, they wanted to go get food. Okay. Her two daughter-in-laws were with her. So she tells her two daughter-in-laws, Lechna, please go. Shovna, please return. Isha, each one of you women, Arpa and, 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 and Rus, the base Ima, go back to your mother's house. Yes, Hashem, Yimachem Chesed. Hashem should make with you Chesed. Yitan Hashem Lechem, and with Senna Menucha, Ish Beisi Isha, you should find Menucha, restfulness in your house. They, these two were both princesses, they were going back to their kingdom. Atishak Lehem, good mother-in-law, right? I said right away, this, this is already the first miracle, right? Her mother, the mother-in-law kissed both of them. And they all together cried. So you have these two women and their mother-in-law are kissing and hugging and crying. And Arpa and Rus, both of them, said to Naomi, here's the commitment, you ready? Here's the commitment. Arpa and Rus said to Naomi, No. With you... We're going to go back to your nation. Okay? Arpa committed, made a commitment, I'm sorry, Arpa made a commitment to go with Naomi back to Israel. Rus made a commitment to go with, to go with Naomi back to Israel. By the time of Naomi, Naomi said to them, no, I don't want you to go with me. Go back, my daughters. Why are you going to go with me? Am I going to still have more sons? That you're going to marry some more of my sons? It's not going to happen. I'm too old to have children. Okay? So now, they were both committed, they both made a commitment to go with her, but now one committed, and the other one did not. But they began to cry. kissed her mother-in-law and left. So she made, she made a commitment. But she didn't commit. She left. But Rus, Dafkaba. Rus made a commitment and was committed. 
Dafka Bar means that Wuss was glued to her mother. Now, how do I know that Wuss made a commitment that she was committed? So she said the following. Do not bother me anymore that I should leave you. Wherever you go, I will go. Where you will sleep and rest, I will rest. Your nation is my nation. Your God is my God. She says, Will you die? I will die. And they will be buried. This is what it will be, and the only thing that will separate me and my mother-in-law, me and you, Naomi, said Rus, is death. When someone makes a commitment and then becomes committed, Naomi saw that Rus not only made a commitment, but she was committed. She stopped talking to her. She stopped talking her out of it because she realized the other one made a commitment. She left. This one made a commitment and she's stuck. She's committed. Okay? So the difference between the two of them is Arpa that night slept with a thousand men and a dog and had Goliath. She became pregnant with Goliath, the biggest Russia, giant Russia, who made fun of Hashem. And that's what happened. She had first made, she had first made a commitment that she's going to stay and not let go, and then she let go. Look what happened when you make a commitment, you don't keep it, right? And and she became pregnant that night for, for Goliath. And Rus, Dovkabar, she said, well, you go, I go, right? And and uh, my nation is your nation, and your my God, your God is my God. So she became, she became Emma Malchus, because she made a commitment and she was committed, and she never let go. So we see from Rus this... Um, personality trait of that once you commit you become committed but where do we see this from the father of the Malchus, of Boaz it has to be from both so where do we see this from Boaz very fascinating and I, I, I beat myself up on this because there's a lot of girls sitting here that know that I'm not on this level listen carefully Rus wakes him up in the middle of the night. She uncovers his legs. This is the Galadar. This is the biggest tzaddik. Rabbi Vadir Yosef, Rabbi Chayan Kainaski, sleeping in his, in his silo. And this girl sneaks in and pulls his blanket off his feet to show him that she needs somebody to redeem her. She needs a goel, right? And he says, listen, I'm not the closest relative. There's a guy, Plony Almoni. He's closer than me. And if he says he wants to marry you, then I have to step aside. If he doesn't say he wants to marry you, then I'll marry you. And she comes home. And, and her mother-in-law asks her, what happened? Like, what did the man say? But time I listen to this pasuk. Anyone who works in Tzachit Tzibah. But time The mother-in-law Naomi says to her, sit down, please, my daughter. Till we find out what happens today, right? Because she came in the morning. What happens today? Maybe Plony Almoni is going to take you and you won't get Boaz. Key, listen to this pastor. Anybody who's in, who, who works for a doctor, who's a therapist, whatever you are, when it comes to the Robin working with people, she says to us, don't worry, because I can tell you one thing about this man Boaz. Kilo yishkot ha'ish. The man will not rest. Kiim kilo hadover hayom. He will not rest unless he settles the matter today. So, Boaz had a name in Klai Yisrael. And if you bring him a problem, he will not rest until the problem is settled that day. Uh, people who leave me messages know that uh, I usually don't even get to them that day. Within 24 months, I'll get back to you. But a leader, a person who works with Klai Yisrael, you, you can't put it off till tomorrow. You can't say, I'll call you back tomorrow, I'll take care of it next week, call me in a week. If someone brings you a problem, his name, his name in Israel was him? He don't put it off 24 hours. You bring him a problem, it's going to be settled today. That's commitment. That means to be committed. Boaz was committed to Israel. You bring me a problem, 
I will not rest until it's solved, but not until it's solved in a week. It's going to be solved today. So Naomi told Ruz, which happened that, that day, he told her he wants to marry her. And that's, that's, that's Dabra that's Machos, that's Mashiach, that's, that's, that's what you bring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. that's what you bring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu on the day of Shavuos. So you know when you get married, Mitzvah Shem, whoever's single in the room, Bekarev, Amen. So, you, the Chasan, buys the Kala, usually, uh, Wedding band, of course, a diamond ring, a watch, and it's a mini chasidim that in the yichud room you give the girl pearls. That's what the chasin gives the kala. What does the kala give the chasin? A watch, a talus, pair cufflinks, right? So they sort of trade presents. Hakadosh Baruch Hu who is the chasen God, who is the groom, by Harsinai, when, when Hashem makes the chuppah of the, of the, of the, of the Harsinai and gives us the sapphire, um, the sapphire made Ten Commandments, right? So, He adorns us with life and food and sunshine and rain and plants and all the other things. But we got to come to the wedding. We're having Yichud that way. What are we giving Him? We, the the calabi for the chassan. What's the calabi for the chassan? I spoke to my Rebbe, Rabbi Gamliel, I'm like, when I was in Eretz Yisrael. I'm like, we come to the wedding empty-handed. He gave, us, he gave us the Torah. He gave us all the jewels. So he said, that's why, like Omer, you make a commitment. You're almost by the by, by, by um, Kabbalah Satayra. So you need to take on something and to be able to come to that night of Shavuos, that holy, holy night of Shavuos, when we're getting married to Kosh Baruch Hu and say, I'm also bringing something to the Chassan. What I accepted on myself, I am bringing to the Chassan. So, I was in, I was there, like by, by night, by Rav Shimon, and I thought to myself, The biggest present you can do for give God is to break your nature for Him. And to come to shul for a man, and, I, and it's out there, people are calling me already tonight. Not to come to Minion, it's not for a girl, but not, when you come to Minion, don't come 10 minutes late and leave 10 minutes early. To be macabre that any Minion you go to, you're there five minutes before. They dominate at eight, you're there at five to eight. Not you walk in there in cottage and then you fill in. You're in a rush, you miss it. No, you have to be there before they start. The Gemara says that the first ten people in a minion, God comes down to see who they are. And if one of them one day is missing, he asks them, Allah, where is he? Why isn't he here? Oh, he's sick? Let's, let's, let's heal him. Oh, he, had, he has no money, so he has to go collecting? Let's give him money. So my grandfather, Rashallah, my father's father, was always the first ten in a minion. He was always with the first ten. It's a very big thing for a man to be Makabel when he goes to Davin, whenever it is, to be there five minutes before Davin. Five minutes before Davin. You're showing that that the appointment you have is important. You know, you go to a doctor, it's an eight o'clock appointment. The people are really serious about it. They're there at seven thirty already. So by Davin, what are you asking for? It's a business appointment. You're asking for a living. It's a doctor's appointment for your heart and your brain and your, and your colon and every part of your body. Because every part of your body, Hashem has to make sure that it's working. You're asking for children. You're asking for shalom bias. You're asking for a shidduch, right? The shachin, the biggest shachin in America, and you want a shidduch, you're going to come late? You're going you're to come late? You're going to let the next girl get in there before you? You're not going to come late. You're going to be there an hour before. You know, when they have these jobs in, uh, for, for, for films and movies, Lahavdil, right, to get a job in a play in Broadway, and they're trying out people, they're around 10 blocks, right, all the people who want to try out, who, who you think they're not there, I'll give you the perfect example, the perfect example, what is it called, Black Friday, Black Friday, 12, 24 hours before the store opens, there are people online with chairs, every time you pray, it's Black Friday, why are you showing up late? You show up late, the stuff that, that's on sale is gone by the time you get in there. 
It's Black Friday every single time you go to Daven. So you have to be there five minutes early. The other thing is about Erev Shabbos. Really, Mr. Brewer brings and the, and the, 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 it's brought down in Halacha that a man is not supposed to work past Mincha Gedayla, the first Mincha, which is about a few, about 40 minutes after Chatzais. You're not allowed to work after that. And the Mishnah says, if you do whatever you're working on, you're going to lose money on it. So for me, normally my Friday, I do shopping. Then I go to my BCA to the girls. We give them chillin. I give them flowers. I hang out there. Get finished around 12.30, 1 o'clock. And then I go to Borough Park and go to, go to my office. Right? Because I, I need to close the week. What's, what's my balance is? What do I owe? You know, it's like nice to go into Shabbos. Like, you know, everything is closed. Even though my father didn't go, go to work on Friday because what happens if something bad happens in business and a whole Shabbos you're thinking about it. So he didn't go Friday. Most of the time he didn't go Friday. So to take on, I talked to the men, I said to take on, you leave your office. Imagine that. Imagine your husband came home at 1.30 Friday afternoon. Not the last second, using the 18 minutes in the shower. Everyone's running and yelling. Imagine a man comes home, it's, it's 1.30 in the afternoon. He could learn he could sleep for two hours so that I know someone that goes to sleep every Friday cannot disturb him so that Friday night he has patience and time for his grandchildren and his children instead of coming home the last minute on Shabbos not to work late on Shabbos but that again is not for women unless the girls are working you're really not supposed to work past Chatzites you're really not and if your boss gives you a problem then stay Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday an extra hour you're really not supposed to, you're not, really not supposed to work past the first, the first mincha. But for women, let me tell you what happened. I went to B'nai Brak. I went to Rav Chaim Kainesky, and I went to his daughter, the Rebetzin. And I asked the Rebetzin for girls who need a shidduch and for people who need shalom bias and whatever a woman needs, what is the biggest skula for her to do? She said, tell everyone in America, light candles 10 minutes before Shabbos. And if you light candles 10 minutes before Shabbos, you will see amazing miracles you never, ever imagine. And if you're a girl that doesn't light candles because your mother lights candles, then be standing when your mother lights candles 10 minutes before by the candles. Don't be upstairs in the shower and brushing your hair. But be, it's a very big Indian. You don't understand what it means, the candles of Shabbos. You should be, if your mother's lighting, you should be standing next to her. And when she puts her hands on her eyes, you can put your hands on your eyes and you can daven. That, according, that is the biggest it's ratzon, the biggest moment of, of how would you say, ratzon, of um, Hashem's will for a woman is when she lights candles. If you come 10 minutes before Shabbos, then you're showing Hashem how chashiv, how important Shabbos is. I said, I, I said I'm going to say this over. Revitson, I'm going to say this over. If you are going to, if I'm going to say they get like 10 minutes, they're going to see miracles, they need to see miracles. She said, I guarantee you, you tell them like 10 minutes before Shabbos and they will see miracles. And then I went to her father, to Rav Chaim. There's a few things I talked to him about, but I want to tell you one thing I spoke to him about, which was amazing. So I had, a, I had, I had time to talk to him. It wasn't the rush. And I had time to talk to him. I said to him, listen, I, I work in Kirov with kids. If the Gadol Hadar could tell me one ingredient to use to really be successful in Kirov, what would, what, Rav Chaim, what would you say? He didn't answer me right away. He just sat there for a moment and he says, Tfila. Tfila? Yeah. Get the person's name mother's name and the person's name, and dhamma for them. That will do more than any speech or anything else. You know, I think he's going to say, love, keep the door open. You know, everything that's very hot in Kirov, you know, he's the God, he's the God. He, he, talks, he learns with Navi. He learns with Navi. So I'm asking him, like, what, what's, what Navi? what do we say? Should we go to seminars? Should we go to projects and Zachin and Mises? Should we become... Uh, Kiruv, professionals, you know, should we read books? Should we go to therapy? What, what, what is it? And he blew me away because it wasn't the answer I expected. He's like, get their name. 
I'm diving for them. It wasn't the answer I wanted either. Right? I wanted like some, like, you know, boutique answer. Okay. So I walked out. You know, if that's what the girl says, that's what the girl says. I remembered, we'll end with this. I remembered a Kavayasha that I learned a long time ago about the Ramban who had a student that went off the derech. I'd like to do, uh, Rav Chaim doesn't stop talk from his head, right? I want to read this to you. This is a very, very important Kavayasha. He says the following. First of all, he talks about yourself. Forget about being Makar of someone else. You have a bad Midah. You're jealous. You talk Lashon Hara. You get angry. Or whatever your bad Midah is. And, and you were Baruch Hashem. You spent some time with yourself. So you know that you have this bad Midah. Okay? So he says, what should you do? Oh, Shah Midah Maguna Shiragaba. Or you just do something disgusting. That you, that you have a habit doing. And secretly your soul is crying to God. That, that God should give you the power to do tshuva. He says, You should know that God, He will help the ones. The ones who pray to him with a full heart. In Roya Shabne Adam, when we Koshkain, and that he's Mizaka others when he sees other people, we Koshkain Kwebov, Oibanov, who are his children or his relatives, Shahekumaderachomim who are off the Derech, Shisarak Lizbalo Olaf Thila. Shutamri Khatomim Khazu Bitchuva. He says, You should have it for them. They should do chuva. And then, in chas v'shalom, that your prayers are not working, then, he sees that his prayers are not working, then you can start to talk to them. But, first, daven for them. Not talk to them and give them musr, get their names. Daven for them, pray for them, and if that doesn't work, then you, then you, then you can give them the whole speech. But otherwise, it should work if you just daven for them. And he says an unbelievable story. He says that the Ramban had a student that went way off. And his name was Rabbi Avner. His name was Rabbi Avner. And he became a Kuti. And he went off the derech totally. And because he was so smart and he was a student of the Ramban, he became one of the leaders of footsteps of, of these Kutim. When he came to Yom Kippur, and they do this in footsteps, he sent an invitation on Yom Kippur that his Rebbe, the Ramban, should come to him. Ball of the Ramban came in front of him. The this guy, this Rav Avner, took in front of the Ramban Chazir Echad, a pig. He peeled it. He skinned it. He cooked it. And he ate it. Okay? So, so far, how many Averis did he do? Nacharo, he skinned it, he cooked it, he ate it. So then he asked the Rambam, imagine his Rebbe watching this. Rebbe, how many Chayiv Mises did I do today? He said, I'll have a of You were over four times your Chayiv Kares. <laughs> the Talmud, the student laughed and he said, no Rebbe, you're wrong. There's five lavim I did. I did. I didn't do four lavim. I did five lavim. Until he fought with the Ramban. The Ramban, his Rebbe said only four. He said five. In the end, the Ramban said, you know what? You did five. The pain, the pain of a Rebbe. Shah Ramban, the Ramban asked him, I get no lead. Please tell me. What happened to you? Eating Chazer? On your Kippur? What happened to you? He said, Rebbe, it's your fault. He said to the Ramban, it's your fault. I was listening to your speech in Pashas Hazinu. And you said that in Pashas Hazinu, all the mitzvahs in the Torah are there. And not only that, but any human being that was ever born in this world, his name is in Pashas Hazinu. He said, I knew that could not be true. I knew 
that there was no way that my name was in, that's not MS, and therefore everything that you taught is not MS. Layana Ramban, the Ramban said, you fool, I still say the same thing, that everyone's name is in the Pasha. So he said, really? So show me how my name, Avner, is in the Pasha, Rav Avner. And the Ramban, Daven to Hashem, and Hashem put it in His Word, that in Pasha's Hazinu it says, Omarti, Reish is the middle letter, Afeem, Aleph is the middle letter, Ashbisa, Beis is the middle letter, Me'enosh, Zichrom. Nun Reish. So the, the third letter of all these words spells Rav Avner. So Ramban said, my friend, you made a big mistake. I was right what I said. You went off the direct because you thought your name's not there. But your name is there. Kishama Hatamanis Adava Harad Ma'od. When this student who was so off the derech heard this, he became, he began to shake. He fell on his face. He asked his Rebbe, the Ramban, if I do tshuva, will it help me? He said, you're in big trouble. Because of what you did, he did it publicly. It's, it's not so posh. So he said, what should I do? So he went ahead, this guy went ahead, listened to what he did. He took a boat without oars, no sail, no rudder, and no captain. And he just got into the boat and he let the water take him, take him wherever it would take him. And he began to scream with a bitter soul. And to this day, we don't know what happened to him. Took this boat into the ocean. Nobody knows what happened to him. The Ramban felt very bad for his student. And this is where it comes in, where Rav Chaim said. So his, his student was so off, now he's found his way back, but he did so many terrible averis. It's not so posh when you go off the derech and you do averis. Everyone thinks you should do averis, you should help them do averis. It's not so posh. Look what happened over here. So the Ramban began to pray for him. Here by Rav Ramban Metfilah, that Hashem should please forgive him at least a little bit. He died out in that boat. He died. He had no food. He had no water. So he died. And he came to the Ramban in a dream. And he thanked him for the good. That the prayer of the Ramban, it allowed the student to go into Gehenna. And he went through a lot in Gehenna. But, after 12 months, he, he, um, after 12 months, he went to Ganeiden. But until the rabbi prayed, he was in the Kafakela. The Kafakela is a place that is not either hell or heaven. It's, you're chased, it's a very bad place. It's, it's, it doesn't fix the neshama. At least Gehenna fixes the neshama that they can go to Ganeiden. That everyone needs to know that everything is connected to prayer. And specifically, not to talk in shul, because the shul is a basakneses to be tahem achshaves levadam. And he goes on to speak about exactly what Rav Chaim said, that if you want to help somebody, all the other things, of course, you can, you should do, but only after you daven for them. There's a very famous story with Rav Shach. And I think anyone who's in, anyone who's in um, Chinuch knows this story. We all know the story. It's an amazing story of Rav Shach. So Rav Shach was the president of a, sh- of a school in Yerushalayim. Rav Shach lived in Bnei Brak. He was the president. He was a Nazi. Rav, 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 uh, Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky is also... Many schools here in Flatbush, basically, whatever it is. He's like the Nazi. He's the go-to. So it seems to be that there was a kid... I don't know if he was smoking on Shabbos, but he wasn't, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to. And they decided they're kicking him out. They decided they're kicking him out of Yeshiva. So they came to Rav Shach, I think he was Michal Shabbos. So they came to Rav Shach, being that he's the Nasi, just out of respect to let him know that we're throwing this kid out of Yeshiva because he was Michal Shabbos. It's a famous story. Two Rosh Yeshivas came to him. Rav Shach looks at the two Rosh Yeshivas. He says, what's the boy's name? David. 
I know, but what's the boy's name? David. That's the way we're throwing out. He says, no, but what's his name? Like, Rosh Hashiva, we don't understand. What, what are you asking? He goes, what's his mother's name? David ben what? We don't know his mother's name. You don't know his mother's name? How did you daven for him? If you don't know his mother's name, how, how could you daven for him? You didn't daven for him? You threw him out before davening for him? Get out of my, get out of my house and take me off. I'm not, I'm not nasty of this yeshiva anymore. You threw a kid out of school and you don't know his mother's name? You didn't daven first? This is not a yeshiva. That's what Rav Chaim told me. Rav Chaim said, you want to know what to do for someone who's off the derech? The first thing you do is you daven for him. If that doesn't work, says the Kavayosha, then you talk to him. But the first thing you do, and you know why? It's even a much bigger mitzvah. If you get someone, someone's name without them knowing and you daven for them, and all of a sudden they, they, they go to yeshiva, they change, they, they're becoming, like, right? They don't even know why they're changing. And you're not getting any credit. You can't walk around and say, you know how many kids I brought back to Hashem? No, no one's ever going to know what you did because you're just down for that person. There's a, we'll, we'll end with this, just want to tell you a big secret. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell it, but yeah, you, said, you could say it. So, it works. I have seen this work, I don't know, 30 times, more than 30 times. So many, 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 many years ago, there was a, a Makubal here in America. And there was a girl, actually a Sephardi girl, that was going out with an Italian model boy. A guy, which, which happens never too much today. And she, she was going to marry him. She was going out of the Jewish world. She was going to marry this guy. And her fr- she had three friends who I happened to have known. And they, 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 she wouldn't listen to them. She was faklipid with this guy. So they came to this, I was, he was in my house, this, this Chacham, and they came to the Chacham, and they said, you got to help us. you got to break this up. He said, there's an old, old Kabbalah. But if you know someone that's the, you know, Faklipa, they're, they're hooked up with a non-Jew, only with a, specifically with a non-Jew, and you want to break it up, don't talk to them about it. Three people who are connected to that person's soul, friends, parents, whatever they are, three people, and no one besides those three people are allowed to know about it, take on to fast from morning to night, a regular fast day, for the neshama of that girl, and say the whole Tehillim. They wanted to know if they have to each say the whole Tehillim, or each one can say 50. He said, each one can say 50, but you have to finish the book of Tehillim. Those three people, and never, ever can tell the girl the person that you're doing it for, ever, that you're doing it for them, and no one besides the three people are allowed to know. Like, why aren't you eating? My stomach hurts. No one's allowed to know you're fasting. If someone outside the three knows you're fasting, it doesn't work. I am telling you that I have done this. I have given this advice. I cannot tell you how many times. And within 40 days, they get into a fight. Something happens. Over. Why does it work? if you daven for someone, surely if you fast for someone, then you have a kayak to help that neshama. And that's what Rav Chaim said. It was a big chiddush, daven for someone else. If you know someone that's, that's challenged, daven for them. Rabbi Ronnie Greenwald said that how do you fix a kid that's off the derech? Right? What does off the derech mean? Off road. Off the road, right? Make a bigger road. He's off the road. He have a little road. The kid's not on the road anymore. The kid's over here. Okay, make the road this big. Then the kid's on the road. Give him a lot of love and a lot of care. We should all be zeicher that emetz Hashem and we stand in front of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We should hand him a present in the yichud room. Say, God, I took on ten minutes before Shabbos. God, I took on. I'm not speaking Russian Hara. God, I decided that my skirt's going to be a little bit longer. Something. Give him. Something. Because when he comes to the Yichud room Shavuot's night, he gives us his most precious jewelry that he has, and that's the Torah. He's giving us the Torah. Don't come to Shavuot's, to the wedding, to the Yichud room, empty-handed. 
you have almost two, less than two weeks, figure out what commitment you want to make and make sure that you're committed, like Rus was, to that commitment. And maybe you'll be the mother, grandmother, great-grandmother of Moshiach. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.